everyone. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, this is Liz. I'm the founder here at Liz Liz Careers. As everyone knows, we are a recruitment agency based out in Mumbai. We have a small team, but a team that's doing some amazing things in the digital marketing side of things, fashion, lifestyle, those are the kind of brands that we work with, where we help them build their teams from scratch. Um, as everyone knows, the podcast is something that we've been doing for a little while right now, and we're touching on very, very different topics. I feel like we did so much for employers and business owners and entrepreneurs in the past. And now we're looking at a whole new different audience. And this is, of course, people who are in the job market, people who are applying for jobs, you know, more employee based issues. In my last few podcasts, we talked about mental wellness we talked about how it's important to be healthy overall and today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that this is one of my favorite topics to talk about with one of my favorite people in the world to be honest the topic for today that we're going to discuss is mental wellness and why should corporates in terms of employers actually focus on that and just to give you a little introduction of the person that we're going to be talking to today is a really, really dear friend of mine. <laughs> Her name is Sanya Minocha. She used to be in India only a week ago and now she's moved back to New Zealand. Um, and as everyone knows, I used to live in New Zealand before, but that's not where we met. Strangely enough, we met in India a few years ago at a very weird time of our lives. <laughs> and then we recently connected. So to give you a little brief about Sanya, she is a life coach right now, but you know, for the last eight months, I think she's put her hands into a lot more. And that's why I'm going to hand it over to her to just give you a little brief about what she's doing, what her goals are, what she's looking for, and just some, whatever she specializes in. So hi, Sanya. Thank you for being here. Thank you. It's such a pleasure and honor to be here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Tell us, tell us everything about all the amazing things you're doing. And I also wanted to quickly take us through your journey while you were in India very quickly for people to understand how beautiful our culture is if you're looking for like an mm. amazing, spiritual, wholesome experience. Mm, yes. So I have been... I have been practicing coaching and counseling now for the last five years. And I think my journey of this kind of work extends beyond that time, though, because I've always been a very empathic person, a very sensitive soul, someone that uh, people would come to for advice, for sound advice. Even when I was really young in high school, I always held the wisdom of someone quite quite older than what I was. So my best friend used to come to me and, and know that she would always get the most sound advice um, that came from a place of integrity. Like I understood. I, it was almost like I knew what I was saying, but I didn't know how. <laughs> so that was quite funny. And um, when I entered this field of work, it actually was born out of my own suffering, mm -hmm. where I suffered for quite some time. If I look at actually the span of my whole life, I feel like I've been suffering or was suffering for my whole life in some way. And that was because I did not understand my mind. I did not understand my body. I was disconnected from who I truly was. And it is that suffering that took me into a journey of healing physically, I, uh, healing chronic pain physically, that then made me look at how everything is connected. Body, mind, spirit, and emotions are all part of the same package. And once I saw that connection and started to connect with who I truly was, I noticed a significant change in my well-being, mental, yeah. emotional, 
physical. And then I went, oh my God, if I can, if I can have a fraction of the impact uh, on people that this work has had on me and help reduce the suffering that our planet is experiencing and the individuals are experiencing, then I have completed my dharma and my mission here on this planet. That's, this is what I want to do. So this is kind of how I got into the work. And then I've been working with absolutely incredible souls, um, people that continue to inspire me on a daily basis with who they are and the way that they show up in the world. So much courage. They've been through so much. And yet they have a zest for life now yeah. that I think they knew was always there. And my journey took me, uh, my life's journey in, in this life took me from, you know, living in India, being born in India to then living in New Zealand and then I've, India has been a big part of my 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 life always. Um, and so I went back uh, about eight months ago. I landed in India and essentially I started what I wanted to call a journey of coming home to myself, which was a, a feeling I had for a long, long time. Yeah. It's like, I want to come home to myself. I want to come home to myself. And I didn't really know what I was really saying per se at that time until um, being in the motherland you know, reconnecting with myself in a much deeper way and uh, practicing practicing those beautiful things that come from India, like yoga and meditation and going down the yogic path was just mind-blowing. And that sort of gave me um, access to wisdom that my body already contains, that all of our body contains, yet we have forgotten. We have a lot of distortions and thick, thick veils of ignorance that our mind places on us that doesn't allow us to truly see who we are, again, perfectly part of the divine plan of, of, of the unfolding that is happening in life. But once you become aware, then you uh, then a quest sort of starts to access more states of presence and be here now, knowing that that is the only thing that exists. So that's kind of where I've been and where I am now. <laughs> that's amazing. And you know what? I One of the words that you used, um, suffering, right? I feel like a lot of people think that it's attached to a really big event or something really painful that has to happen. But suffering can just mean daily things that you're going through every day that just makes you kind of disconnect from yourself where you're feeling pain, you're feeling hurt, you're feeling uncomfortable, you're feeling anxious. And all of us go through that. But, you know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not suffering. But, you know, let's be honest, if you're not feeling yourself at that time, if you're not really able to give you 100% or something, if you're going through any sort of pain, and, you know, for you, that can be a very individual thing. Some people don't care so much about maybe heartbreak or losing losing someone or losing their job may not be such a win for someone it can be the most amount of suffering that they've been through right so it's so subjective but what we want to talk about today as well is first of all identifying that we're all going through this and also employers in that setting understanding that all their employees are going through some sort of issues you know where the scale of it doesn't matter but and that is going to affect them productivity, the way they see things, the way they come into office, the energy that they bring in. And let's not kid ourselves. You know, I know people are like, what is this energy thing? We all carry energy. It's, it's obvious. It's scientific. I don't even know. If we go into that, it's going to be a whole new uh, you know, segment, I think, <laughs> like talking about yeah. it. I have to change my podcast completely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, I just want to start off by talking about certain things, okay, that I think are really important to highlight during the course of this podcast. So first of all, I think that we've reached this generation right now where suddenly everyone has realized that, oh my God, 
What am I doing? Where, where, mm. where is my life heading? What is my purpose? In the mm. past, our parents or the generation before us, they always connected their purpose to a job, to mm -hmm. having kids, to buying a home. That was just their journey. They, you know, get out of uni, get married, have kids, have a job. And that was their purpose. If you asked a woman at that time, what is your purpose? It was, oh, to, you know, have two kids and take care of them. And you asked a man, what do you think is your purpose? And he would say to take care of my wife and my kids and provide them with everything. Today's mm -hmm. generation, a lot of them are not married and do not have that or do not see that as something that is important to them. So now they're looking for other things that they can define as being their purpose. And the next thing after family is work. And a lot mm -hmm. of people put that sort of, you know, when you ask them, when you ask someone, who are they? They'll talk about their career, their profession, and you know what they do. I've, I've been asked this question several times, like, hey, what do you do? And of course, my first thing is, you know, I'm a recruiter, I'm into HR, I have my own business and stuff like that. But recently, I've realized that there's so much more to me than just this amazing job that I have, and I am really good at it, but there's so much more to me. Like, So now when someone asks me that question, I'm like, oh, I just had a kickboxing class today. Or do you know I painted last night and it was really bad? <laughs> Or oh, I tried my hand at this sport. And, you know, there's so much to individuals rather than just a job. However, we cannot deny that that whole concept of leave your personal life outside the office mm -hmm. and walk in doesn't exist anymore. Because yeah. people are taking their work home, people are going to bring home into work. And that is just right now how people are wired. It's all become one thing. As much as we say that you need to be a different person personally and a different person professionally it doesn't happen all the time and it's also you're just fooling yourself to some extent in terms of yeah there needs to be a division in terms of professionalism and everything but what you're feeling and what you're going through cannot be detached from you you can pretend for those eight hours but for how long right so that's what we're going to talk about today in terms of why it's important for employers to be aware of mental wellness and what are the steps they yep. can take to you know make sure that their employees feel safe and secure and everything because it is a part of who they are and as you know like their skills their qualifications their mental wellness and their physical wellness is part of who they are they can't leave it or you can't ignore it and just focus on all the other things um yep. in my last podcast as well sanya we talked a lot about what people feel right about like the culture that they're working in and everything so we can't ignore how someone is feeling mentally and say that oh you can just do everything in terms of you know change the culture and have a good working work environment because you can do that but if someone is struggling with other things they're not going to be able to even receive this right so very quickly mm -hmm. then and these are the things that we're going to be talking about mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. um very quickly then you know the first question i want to ask you is how do you think mental wellness or the lack of mental wellness actually affects us through our days? And, you know, we're spending eight hours at work, but what are the things, like what are the signs and stuff that you think that could come mm. up if you're not in a healthy space mentally? Hmm. So what I like to think about when it comes to mental wellness is um, sort of draw parallels to physical wellness. So say that we are, we have a very uh, sedentary lifestyle. We're just, you know, sitting a lot and we're not moving very much. And we might have a really bad posture because of that. And yeah. then suddenly we work and our neck starts hurting mm -hmm. or we're going for a walk and, you know, we pull a muscle or something like that. 
Now, when that person comes into work, it very physically will stop them from functioning, right? And the difference of that is we can see it. They might say like, oh yeah, I've got a neck brace or I've got this, or I can't, I can't, I, I can't work like this. I have to use a standing desk or anything. They may come and actually say that and they may feel no shame in saying that to their boss, that this is what's happening. So with mental wellness, it's the same thing. It's just something to look after within you. And with your mental wellness comes your emotional state and your mental state. So there's sort of three pillars. It's emotional, mental, and physical. And these three states, they're not separate from us. They're within us. So if they're within us, it means that we are taking this human into our work. This human is meeting the clients. This human is sending the emails. So if there's something that is disconnected or um, imbalanced or hurting or in pain within us in these three areas, there is no doubt that it's going to get translated into the work somehow into the demeanor of the person, into the energy of the person, you know, even little things like I always look at things like posture. So when someone is sort of like sitting down and they're just like working, like they're actually feeling quite weighed down by life. Like there's something energetically and emotionally weighing them down. That's why they have to sit like that. Otherwise you never see like a sad person sitting like this, you know? Yeah, like shoulders, you just, you just, your whole posture changes when you are feeling good, when you are feeling balanced, not even good, centered. Hmm. So I think instead of having the goal to always feel good, our goal should be to feel centered in our well-being, physical, emotional, mental, and then be able be able to bring that into work, into family, into all relationships. Yeah. You know, like really center that relationship with ourselves. And then and then that's the person that goes out and does everything in the world. That's awesome. You know, Sanya, I'm gonna talk about how we talked about recenter just to give people an idea. You gave me a really good analogy. You remember this, right? When you're looking at a map when you're driving and you're navigating through it and suddenly you've got lost because you've zoomed in a lot or moved in a lot, and you just press one button called recenter and you're back to where yep. you start. And you're back there. Exactly. Yeah, that's such a great analogy because I do that now, by the way, all the time. Every time my mind is racing in different <laughs> Hold on, recenter. What's going on? <laughs> then you can restart again. So that is yes. a really good uh, way to look at it. Yes. You know, recenter, and of course, it's going to have an effect on us. So then, um, can, do you think? Because I said this, and I know that a lot of people, like I, I'm also on the fence about this because I have uh-huh. been reading a little bit about it. But do you really think that as an individual, you can actually leave your problems? outside the office and then completely be another person on this side of that door like you know completely forget about it and like just tune into because I, I also hear a lot of young people saying work is a great distraction for me I have to work so that I forget about mm-hmm. it so oh, I and I, you have to go a little bit more detailed into this one because mm-hmm. it, it's a little bit of a tricky one I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we're very intelligent uh, <laughs> human beings <laughs> thank you thank you yeah exactly we are driven to survive <laughs> Yeah. So if there's some aspect of our life that is not going well, maybe we had a fight with someone, maybe it's a breakup, maybe someone died and mm-hmm. they want to use work as an as a way to um, be distracted or cope with whatever is going on. They're, they're pretty, most people are pretty aware. They're like, yeah, I just delve into work. I dive into work and then, you know, yeah. I come home, I, I gym really hard and then I feel better. It's like, cool. No, no, no worries with all of that. But all that's happening in that stage is that um, our mind very intelligently knows that you are here to survive it knows that you need to live so 
and your mind is not concerned with you processing emotion with you resolving issue it is just has one job and one job only to keep you alive that is all it is here for so yeah. if you are using work as a distraction then all you're doing is you are you know people people use the term compartmentalize like i compartmentalize the issue and i put it over there i shelf it for a while yeah we can do that but it doesn't mean it goes away right all we can do is yeah. we can be like for now i'm going to put my conscious awareness into the task in front of me and i'm just going to take this thing that's bothering me and put it aside knowing that it's going to come up as soon as i walk out of here when i put my head down to sleep at night yeah. it's going to come up it yeah. is this is the thing if you don't deal with your issues your issues will find a way to come out in other ways through yeah. physical symptoms yeah. through mental illness you know through outbursts through anger so it just like it's like it is in your it works in your favor to deal with it and to acknowledge that there's something going on to even let maybe people know i think you and i had this discussion earlier this year when i ran a corporate workshop for you guys yeah. where we spoke about if there is an issue going on talk to liz and just let her know hey yeah. this is what's happening it doesn't mean you have to go into it it's just i'm feeling fragile i'm feeling something's up because in doing that you're acknowledging it for yourself people around you are like oh okay they're aware but i'm not choosing to just keep that aside while i focus on work but again it's a healthier way because you're like i know this is here i know i need to deal with it but i'm also willfully going into work as a way to focus on this and channelize my energy but i'm aware that there's something here i'm aware that this has to be dealt with at some point yeah. so yeah i i don't know if you can you can't forget about things because they're in your mind they're in your body but we can do a pretty damn good job of you know suppressing and denying and rejecting and coping just to just to just to survive <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't work we all know that it's going to pop up it doesn't work in the long run in a space where you're the most vulnerable right and that is another problem i think that a lot of young people face because they're just like i don't know why this is not working out because it's i don't know is because they've not like you said not been aware or not accepted the fact that hey you know this is going on this is not working for me and that's why all the other areas in my life seem to be like i don't know what's going on because you've compartmentalized something just imagine you know shutting something into a drawer that's like screaming out it's like banging and the whole sort of cabinet is shaking with it right it's like give me attention and i think that's what's happening at that time so like i don't know what's going on because you're not really like if you talk about compartment and not opening that drawer and dealing with that situation first yes. so yeah that is um, that's so true and but i also feel like there's this whole stigma about talking to your boss about mental wellness and that's why we're going to deep dive into these next yep. questions about what can people do right like what can we as entrepreneurs what can we as business owners do to have that sort of safe space that comfortable environment where people feel open talking about it so um So what are some of the common issues then Sanya you think that people could face if they don't keep a check you mentioned some of these like being distracted yeah. or not yeah. able to work yeah. but what are some of the really like deep because there may be people right now out there who are going through this at work where maybe they are not productive enough or maybe they are not able to understand maybe their boss is yelling at them all the time and they just think this guy is like completely crazy but is there mm-hmm. something that maybe you know because they've not dealt with their problems or they don't know that something's up with them what do you think are the signs that they may be showing at work that could you know indicate that something is not right um yeah i want to first answer the question that you asked before that about 
um, what are things that we can do at work to maybe have more of these conversations, to maybe yeah. make it more friendly and a safe place to be human. You know, I feel like that's what it's about. It's like, I'm still a human underneath my role of CEO, employee, associate, lawyer, doctor. I'm a human being. Yeah. And that being is going to be facing things in life always from, you know, maybe the rickshaw driver cutting them off or like the taxi driver doing this or mom saying this or maid doing this or husband doing this. I'm a human. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to be facing things. So the very first thing that I really want to invite anyone who's listening to this podcast to do, especially people who are in those senior roles with a lot of employees is before you go and you spread, because even mental well-being has become a bit of a trend, right? As well. So a lot of companies are like, yeah, we're like into it, but actually a lot of employees don't feel safe enough to bring things up either way, because I think the main thing is the person who is in charge or is thinking about this you have to first be in check with yourself. It's like, be honest with yourself. If you are, if you are a boss or you are someone who's in a position of authority, how tuned in connected am I to myself? How comfortable am I being vulnerable and human with people around me? Because if you can start doing that and take the steps to do that, your employees will automatically feel like it's a safe environment to do that. Like energetically, they'll be like, oh yeah, okay, cool. It's safe. You can feel it with the person. They're not wearing an armor. They're like, yep, I'm here. Like one thing I used to always do uh, when I used to work in corporate actually, and I had um, someone reporting to me who was actually ended up being a very close friend of mine and a client later on in, in coaching. I basically said to her, look, I love you. I would tell people around me, I love you. Uh, right now though, I'm wearing the hat of your account manager. Yeah. So with this thing that you have delivered, I want to give you feedback around this. Yeah. I like, it's always like, I love you and I appreciate you. And I want to see you, I want to see you grow. So, but I've got my hat on right now. So how can we make this better? Because I think that this did not, you know, serve this purpose. So basically like kind of, I know it can be a bit tricky with these roles, but if you are a boss, you have to be in integrity with what you are promoting at work. Absolutely. If you are a CEO, you can't just say mental well-being is now a part of our program, but yourself are not actually checking yourself. Mm-hmm. First, start there. Then second is have a conversation with your employees. Either bring in like a coach into yeah. your thing to introduce more well-being workshops so that they get introduced to this idea. They have a space to do this in. Or have like actually some companies have well-being officers now as well who come in just for this that are part of the HR team. So bring in people to do that and have the conversation openly and say, look, I want to make this space conducive to considering everybody's well-being and take a more holistic approach with our mental health because we know that that affects your work performance as well. And that's the way to start. You have the conversation. Right. It kind of opens up a lot of doors for people. So then that leads to the second question you asked, which is what are the signs? Because if there are signs, but there is no safety, no one is going to speak up until okay. things get a bit yeah. hectic. Right? Yeah. So it's like, so if, if the, if the employers themselves can do a job of speaking about this, being honest and integrity, and then bringing this in, yeah. like I know you do a really good job of that by bringing in, um, you know, we had the well-being workshop. People started to get their gears in order of like, oh, this is a really safe space for us to yeah. bring ourselves to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like have like a mental health day and say like, I'm not actually feeling up to it, and yet I'm here. I know, I know some employees also like feel comfortable doing that when, when their boss is in that space as well. So, yeah. I think that's important. And then the signs are, you know, I think for everybody involved 
is just noticing things like are they eating first of all are yes. they sleeping oh my god that's such a you know like okay sorry to cut you off but that's something mm. that i noticed a lot in my office if someone's not eating like i had this person who just joined okay her name is erica this is a this is like a real life situation that happened and i have to bring it up because you know we talk about signs which she joined the company she was going through training and you know she's a high achiever right now i know she's brilliant at her job but when she just started she obviously wanted to prove herself and there were times anya where she would not take her lunch break or eat at 3 o'clock at 4 or 4 o'clock in the evening and two or three times you know i kept asking like erica aren't you having lunch erica and she would be like yeah i'll have it later and then i got two girls in my office by the way who i call the lunch monitors <laughs> i asked them to you know make sure that at 1 o'clock they go and ask her so then they started to go and ask hey do you want to come have lunch with us yeah. and that sort of encouraged her to have lunch on time and not feel that because i as a boss that's not something that's you know i'm okay please go have your lunch it's important to me um so i'm not like oh wow somebody gives up their lunch and you know is working yeah. during that time must be a great employee i'm like no 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 wait something is not right yeah, yeah. so that Nourishment. was yeah one of the signs yeah. that i saw yeah like sleep uh, sleep eat and the other one is be really conscious of stress in the office so if you have sales targets which most companies do if you have a job that requires you to be on call it's like really be aware or digital marketing i know can be very stressful as well yes. and advertising industry it's like be aware of the stress levels of the employees around you yeah. and would say introducing so for example like uh, you know i can speak from personal experience because i went through this when i worked in advertising i was actually feeling quite depressed um and my boss is lucky enough to have her was my mentor as well she actually just gave me like a assessment to fill out mm-hmm. you know and this assessment has questions about uh, about your personal personal life about your well being and it has like a scale to let you know like where you're at and then based on that scale it determines whether you need to go to therapy or you need to go and do something to look after your well being outside of work because she noticed that i was the way i was speaking was like not my usual self mm-hmm. uh i was i wasn't eating as much you know you, she could tell that i looked tired yeah so it's like there were some signs and like because we're all you know we make friends at work as well hopefully like really kind of introducing the culture of if someone a friend of yours notices something at work about you that seems off they should feel comfortable enough to go and speak to the ceo the hr manager about that and say look i'm noticing yeah. this and it's concerning yeah. me Yeah. Yeah. So this 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 goes beyond just your work life. This this is about your life in general. So those would be some signs that I would look for. I don't know. I mean, there's so many things. Like I said, could be signs of someone not feeling very good. And you know, Sanya, one of the things that we do, which I also want to tell a lot of employers to start doing, is before you employ someone, it's not a bad idea to get them to maybe fill out a job application form that asks them those questions. You know, about their previous job, if they've been in a situation that has. triggered anxiety or depression or anything like that because you know that that person is coming from a sensitive place and they could have triggers and if you have that in your office for whatever reason in terms of the culture that you have then you need to be more sensitive towards that person i think that is a really good point but also having an assessment to see and i think it's amazing if you see someone's a little bit off also get them in you know immediately and be like hey you know it's are you okay i'm there for you and i do understand 100% that it doesn't mean an employee is going to open up immediately 
but just knowing that they have that option and you know and also give them options like what would you like like would you like to work from home for a few days would you like a break for some time would you like another task in the office like do you feel like you're done with this and you want to try something else for a few days you know again it still doesn't mean people will open up right so then you'd have to keep trying different things if that person is important to you and i feel like a lot of employers don't go that extra mile because they have too much going on and that's where you know you bring in someone into externally and that's where sanya you came in and for everyone that you know is listening to this podcast i don't have a very big team we are a very small a team of people and every time i suggest to any of my clients or other employers or business owners to do something like a offsite or like a well-being like a wellness sort of day and i am sanya planning something maybe a whole week of you know wellness uh, during the year towards the end of the year when your team is completely saturated and like tired everybody yeah. thinks oh my god it's going to cost a lot of money right yeah. but if you think about it sanya do you want to add in terms of the you know what you're going to get back uh, because mm-hmm. you're investing in your employees and if they are in a good situation they are mentally able to give back if they are feeling good about their job if they are present if all of those good things and imagine their productivity and you know if we're just talking about money and ROI over here then it's a it's a very clear thing that people if they feeling good about their jobs they're going to come and they're going to do a freaking fabulous job and at the end yeah. you're going to reap the benefits for it right so even if you look at it from a business point of view you are definitely yeah. going to get back we cannot yeah. we cannot <laughs> at all and that's no. what we're not robots you know at the end of the day we're not just here to do a mechanical job and then get on with it we're human beings with very complex minds and we have hearts and we have souls and when we have all of these things operating um if we genuinely feel good in our life in some way and we actually feeling okay in our life and we're not feeling um out of sorts it's going to translate into everything that we do every conversation that we have um so it's really important to understand that nothing is disconnected everything is connected like we cannot see things separately anymore because they are actually part of the same so taking care of my emotional well-being or mental well-being before i come to work which might be like meditation or it might be uh, yoga or a workout or journaling yeah. or speaking to someone trusted i know that that is going to have a knock on effect in my work yeah. so you know productivity is not something you can just be like yep i'm going to be productive it's yeah. a by product yeah true it yeah. happens as a result of the right conditions that you set focus right. has a happens as a result of the right conditions you can't just sit down and want your employees just focus and be productive and um you know smash it it's like what they do before work what they do at work and after work all affects that so you investing in that with them is investing in the company that is what it is 100% yeah. and like i always say you know your employees are your biggest investment you can have like a normal office you can have normal benefits i know of a company that you know we have a podcast with i did a podcast with the ceo and he said that he has a he has a policy where you don't have to like you don't there's no leave policy so every time mm-hmm. you want to leave you just send an email and say hey i i can't come in today to your manager and i said oh wow you know but if other people think about this they're going to be like oh we can't afford that kind of thing he's like but liz because we have this people don't apply for leave 
because they feel so comfortable and they now they look at work as some place that they want to come to because there's no like oh you are you know whatever you can't come in or you have only 24 you have only 15 days now they all feel like oh yeah this is you know part of my sort of um, my this is what i want to do so they all go to work so the, the amount of leaves that they have is reduced and when i spoke about this to another client of mine just as an example in the first the first reaction was oh we can't afford it there must be a really big company who's funded and i'm like well you know then you're not understanding the amount like of what you're going to get by just having that intent you know sometimes intent can be such a big driver and i don't like i really feel like businesses a business owner should focus on that it's like you know what do you want to do intentionally for your team and once they know that the kind of um, connection or the kind of relationship that they have even with you and the company completely flipped mm. right and then they're doing everything from their heart and what they want to do and who doesn't want an employee who's taking control we keep saying things like we want them to think like this company is their own but <laughs> you're not going to think that if you don't care <laughs> about the well-being yeah yeah but it's so me yeah. we're so in sync okay right now i have to tell you this because you brought up a lot of spiritual practices like yoga meditation into your last you know you said that's nice to have on the side and my next question is actually then how do you think because i i know that a lot of people move towards it, that extreme of a spiritual life because they're so done with the corporate life because it's so toxic it's so unhealthy just done with it so then they move to the other extreme mm-hmm. and we know that's been happening especially during the pandemic a lot of people went through that whole change in perspective of what life really is and just moved away completely from the corporate world and said i don't need this you know i can do other things i can work remotely i can work little bit and still be happy with it so then um you know how does having a spiritual life tie into all of this and why do you think it's important so it's kind of like when you say spiritual life spirituality is like air it's the air we breathe yeah so everything everything has spirit imbued in it it's like a current that is always present around us um and so it's present in our life regardless of whether we are aware of it or not Mm-hmm. being spiritual and weaving spirituality into your life into your work life and your day to day life just means that when the storm hits which it will hit cuz that's the weather that's nature yeah. you have an umbrella you have an umbrella that basically protects you from that so there's people who will not get as affected by certain things their capacity for stress their capacity for adversity is just a lot higher then some people who are consistently in reaction mode right so i put all of that under the umbrella of spirituality it's like when you are connected to not only you can name things like god and universe and everything but connect to a part of you yeah. that is sacred that is untouchable that is eternal when you are connected to a part of yourself which you know we have an inkling about some of us some of us are like no way some of us are like yeah okay i kind of feel like there's something there but i'm not sure it's that thing that like kind of guides our intuition i'm not really sure what that is so if you are connected to that part of yourself if you started to connect to it it just means that when shit hits the fan <laughs> you're affected but not affected as someone who does not have a spiritual practice yeah so having a spirituality practice is like breathing air it honestly from a very practical perspective it comes down to your breath Yeah. your breath is prana that is spirit so you sit and you breathe when you when you feel overwhelmed when you feel stressed out just stop the recenter thing we spoke about yeah just breathe just become conscious of your breath maybe for the first time in your life you'll realize that breathing is happening 
Yeah. You know, so like just stop and breathe. And as soon as you do that, you're like, oh, that felt, that felt good. Okay. I, I think I want to be more, I think I want to breathe more. I want to be more in sync with the way I breathe and notice when my breath is, you know, going up. That's when I'm really stressed and flustered. So spirituality doesn't always have to be like woo-woo and like religious and all that and thinking about, you know, like deities and like doing rituals and all that. Yeah. That stuff is there, but meditation is also extremely scientific. Yeah. Meditation is the act of observing your, your thoughts in your head and realizing that they are not you. Yeah. And that is like liberation because if you're at work and you're like, oh my God, this person said this and did this and I'm such a failure. And you realize that the thought in your head is not you. That's just a passing phenomena. How freeing is that? Yeah. Then you can, then you can focus on what you're doing in a different way. You can start believing in yourself. So yeah. I think viewing spirituality is like, it's like breathing air. It's, it's breathing. It's, it's everything. It's like, it's surrounding us all the time. So you just get in sync. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I have this big smile on my face because everything <laughs> you just said, uh, you know, resonates with me so much. And I've been practicing it with my team where now if someone, I, you know, I ask sometimes when I'm not in the office, I'm like, hey, how's, your, how's everyone's day going? And some will be like, oh, not so good. I'll pick up the phone immediately and, you know, say, what's going on? And they'll be like, oh, no, nothing, just usual, you know, that whole, like, don't want to share. And then I'll go a little bit deeper and say, you know, it's okay, it happens, but it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be angry. Why don't you just try breathing through it? And sometimes just having that five-minute conversation with my employee also makes them feel so much better because it's, it's asking them to detach from what's happened and know that it's not really them, right? It's somebody giving you feedback based on what they want or what they haven't been able to get from you. This is not a definition or your identity of you not like you not knowing something or you being a failure. It's just that at that time you weren't able to give this person what they wanted. And that's how you need to see it. And you know, then detach yourself from it. And that's the only way to move on, basically, right? And yeah. not just stick to it and be like, oh, I am a failure because that can <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. And so so then so then again going to our next question, which I think is really important. What would you, Sanya, say, what are some of the tips that you would give people right now? Like say, you know, for example, they have a job, they don't feel like they're being, uh, you know, like helped at work. They don't feel like the environment is safe or for whatever reason, they don't feel like, you know, they can share anything right now, whether it's home, it's family or whatever. And they are struggling right now with their mental well-being for whatever reason, whether it's their career, their health, maybe a relationship, you know, all of these things that have an impact on our daily thing. What are some of the tips that you would give them to like sort of manage that kind of struggle? Hmm. The first thing would just be to get really honest with yourself about what's going on. Yeah. Because half of the half of the reason that we end up in these places is because we are in denial. And I know in India there is a big stigma against having any uh, you know, mental health which is so silly because mental health is just like physical health. It's yeah. just a part yeah. of health. So there is stigma around it, but hopefully, um, you know, you have the awareness to know that we're not living in that, that same time anymore that we used to live back in the day, that therapy is a big part of our lives, coaching, counseling, all these things are like woven into our lives very regularly now. Self-development is such a huge uh, area, um, you know, personal development and growth. People are into it. So just get really honest with yourself about what you're going through. Um, notice the signs. You know, we, we all deep down, we are the experts on ourselves. We know 
when something is not right. Even though we're so used to the discomfort and that becomes our new normal, to suffer becomes your new normal. Mm. Even while you're suffering, there is an aspect of you that knows that like there's got to be like this can't be it come on there's always a drive because you want to survive there's a drive to like want to get out of that suffering so notice are you suffering am i in pain right now like what am i feeling miserable about in my life am i miserable like you have to admit you're miserable in some area to be able to do something about it yeah it could even just be like the commute to work makes me miserable and i feel completely disempowered about it i feel like a victim i feel like i have no choice great that's like i always congratulate people when they find out that something is miserable because i'm like you have admitted it that's half the job is being brave enough to say yeah. it and call it yeah once you've called it then little practices like well, the first thing is to kind of once you've admitted yourself i really like writing things down and just kind of you know if if we want to first start with like what's going on with me writing it down and seeing that reflection i do this thing called the stream of consciousness writing where i set a timer for 10 minutes i don't think about what i'm writing i just write so this is not for anybody other than me this is just to empty myself of worry and concern and anxiety that i may be facing just getting it all out and then looking at okay who can i share this with is there one person in my life whether it be a friend a family member um a professional you know a, a well-being practitioner who can i share this with because the more that we are able to speak it out into the world the more chances we have of that shifting as well rather than just keeping it inside yeah. so being able to actually to share it and then hopefully being able to share it with the people at work as well you know yeah. with one person at work a friend or someone else um but but really it's about first admitting it to yourself that this is this is going on like i you know and then and then admitting it to someone else because then you're giving it some momentum you're saying okay cool like i'm admitting this is the thing the only way i can come up with a solution to a problem is by first admitting there's a problem <laughs> i can't be in denial about it because <laughs> it doesn't work yeah. but even then if you're in denial about it you can keep doing that until it doesn't work and i think everybody eventually gets to a spot where they realize it doesn't work it doesn't work yeah and that, and it's your choice whether you want it to not work for like a month or a decade right that's all up to you i think so that's awesome okay so so then nasania on the other side right employers now i have I'm very involved with this side more than the applicants and the candidates you know mm-hmm. this stage of my life I meet a lot of co-founders a lot of business owners mm-hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs and I know they have this amazing heart for their especially in the startup culture they're always employee centric they're always thinking about how they can better things at the workplace you know employee engagement do fun things create this amazing workplace environment where people feel safe but a lot of them struggle because they do not know where to start everybody only thinks about one thing oh my god it's going to be expensive oh my god how to do this yes. so i have actually consulted so for a lot of people who don't know i with along with the recruitment agency i also consult a lot of startups myself in terms of you know setting up policies processes and everything but even as a consultant i can only go in and out i can't i can't um fabricate or curate a workplace culture that happens with the little things that happen on a day to day basis and if because i'm not there all the time i can't really force 
that to happen. So that needs to be prerogative for the employer yep. or the you know, business owner or the HR person over there. So then my question to you is, what are some of the tips that you can give employers who want to focus on you know, mental well-being but don't know where to start, are worried that maybe it will be too much or you know, they, they don't have the funds for it. So what are your tips in terms of them for them? So the very first thing is self-work. It's yeah. like connect to yourself first. Yeah. You know, if you are an employer who wants to change things for people around you and you're like really vibing with this and you're like, yeah, it makes complete sense, but I don't know where to start. I don't know about budget. First, connect with yourself. Do the self-work. Find yeah. out about yourself. Once you find out about yourself, it brings you into a position where you're not just operating business out of your head, but you're operating yeah. business out of heart as well. Hmm. And when you come from heart, solutions emerge in a different way rather yeah. than just thinking here, which you are a prime example of, right? <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very heart-centered business. Like yeah. we use the term a lot, Liz and I really joke, dil se. It's all dil se. It's like, oh, there's no point of doing it. You're not doing it dil se. Because you do it dil se, the money comes, everything comes. So yeah. do the self-work first. Find out about yourself. Yeah. That's going to change the way you show up. Then if it's a, a issue about, um, you know, money and things like that, at the end of the day, it doesn't even mean you have to take out a whole day and take people off site, because I think this sort of stuff needs to be weaved into our every day. Yeah. But it might be a, it might be a, a thing of, uh, we every day meditate together for half an hour. Mm-hmm. That's part of our work culture. Yeah. We meditate together as a group for half an hour. Mm-hmm. We bring somebody in just for one hour to teach us about meditation. Yeah. Because yeah. And, and explain the scientific benefits of our meditation uh, helps you in your workplace. Yeah. Right? So it might be about that. It might be about going online. There's the free assessments. You get everyone to fill them out. But if you're going to do that, I would suggest having a referral, somebody that you can send them to if you know they find that, oh, I do need help. Mm-hmm. So the best thing is like network, build a network of practitioners and well-being professionals around you. You can even just keep their, their cards at work and say, look, guys, like if you want to reach out to anyone, which I know you've done as well, like anyone at Liz Lynn can reach out to me at any point if they need assistance with anything. So it's like someone becomes, someone joins your team. They're not always there, but you know that there is a well-being aspect of work that is always being considered and catered for. That if anyone is going through something, there is a person we can rely on. So I think starting with those steps first is extremely important. There's so many resources online, but I can understand that it can be overwhelming as well. That's why doing the self-work is most important because then you are in integrity as well. You're like, I know what this is. Yeah. <laughs> I know what where something that you want to do rather than just saying, hey, you know, now I'm gonna focus on, but first it needs to start from you. And I okay. keep saying this all the time. Anything that you want to achieve has to start from top down. Like has yeah. to. And if it's Correct. not something that you're passionate about, don't do it. Just because everyone else is doing exactly. it, it doesn't mean it. don't do it exactly. Because then it it doesn't it doesn't do the thing that we're wanting it to do. Right. Yeah. We're not actually we're not actually uh there's other things like, uh, you know, there's a lot of online courses that are extremely affordable that you can purchase. You can purchase one online course and give the password to everyone at work and they can actually like do that course uh, and it could be about inner child. It could be about your, um, it could be about like anxiety. It could be about depression. It could be about 
how to manage your uh, thoughts, how to deal with fear. Like there's so many things that can be shared as resources. Yeah. Create like a mental well-being bank of resources in your workplace wow. that consists online. You know, it's like a Google Drive or something. It's Google like anyone can run at any point. Yeah, that's, that's which I think I'll talk to you about after because I think it's a good idea to do for you guys. <laughs> Why did you give yeah. this idea before? Excuse me. You're like, what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. Thank you. But you know, I also, what I do, Sanya, just for people who are listening and don't know where to start. So I am very in tune with like the whole spirituality side of things and mental well-being. I listen to a lot of podcasts myself on a daily basis about, you know, dealing with a difficult employee. And these are the kind of topics I actually type in or, you know, how to motivate my staff or how to be a better leader or how to deal with my anxiety or how to deal with my you know any sort of like relationship rejection which is a rejection, big one and you know as a recruitment agency like my the people yeah. are, for me are dealing with rejection left right and center all the time all the time like getting rejected 100 times a day and then one person gets accepted into a job right so you can imagine the yes. amount of rejection and i say this uh, you know laughing because like a lot of people don't understand that that kind of rejection hurts also. You know, we just, we can't say it's part of the job. You send 10 resumes, one person is like, people feel rejected and they feel like, oh my God, I put in so much time and nothing's come out of it. So I yeah. always share this material with my team on like our WhatsApp group. Oh God, WhatsApp. Where I'm like, you know, I can across <laughs> this really cool podcast. You know, why don't you listen to it? And a lot of times, like, after I do it five or six times, people will be like, and you know, when they're in that space, right, Sanya, we've talked about oh, it. Exactly. Your job is to do what you can. The person yes. will always receive it yes. when they're in that space. And that one time will change everything. You just have to get them that one time when they're feeling really vulnerable and really low and really, and then they get this little, you know, pearl of like wisdom and then that's it. Their journey starts from there if they want to. And your job as a leader is just to inspire yeah. Be in integrity with what you're teaching, with what you're saying. Be honest about it. Be truthful about it. Come from a place where, you know, you've done it yourself or you know about it. Then people, then, then people feel it. And then they come, you know, you can't, you can bring a, a horse to the water. You can't make them drink it. Right. So you just, you inspire, you say what you need to, you do what yeah. you need to, you become an embodiment of the thing that you are preaching. Yeah. If you're talking about well-being, are you looking after your own mental well-being? Right. Are you wanting to bring mental well-being in the company so the company makes more money because people will do better, but are you ignoring your own mental well-being? Correct. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any it's sense. Also that crack will get shown in your in yeah. in the in your process and the way that you fall out eventually. You may do it for a few weeks or once in a way, and then that's it. It won't be weaved in into your culture, like you said, you know, before. So I'm gonna I'm gonna conclude this week one question and I want it to be a little bit more specific uh, because <laughs> I feel I feel like sometimes people need direction you know sometimes I just need to be like okay yeah. where, okay how do I do this where do I start I want this I want to feel like this I want to feel accepted I want to feel like I have this umbrella to protect me from this crazy storm that I'm going through every day I want to have the tools to make me feel like I'm not going insane you know so then Tell us what are the three ways you think that having a spiritual or any daily routine, let's not even call it spirituality in case people you know don't know about that side. But what are some of the like three things that you think you can put into your daily routine that can help with your yeah. overall well-being? Mental well-being, of course. Yep. So I wanna I'm gonna give uh, two things that you can do outside of work and one thing you can do anytime during the day at okay. any point. Yeah. Okay. 
So the first thing is, I always suggest this, is to get your body moving in some way. I know we all harp on about this all the time. But one thing I noticed when I was living in India was that we have a pretty lazy lifestyle. You know, we wake up pretty late and then we go into work and then we're sitting all day and then we come back. No one really, you have to consciously make time for workouts. It's not something that just happens. People aren't active all the time. But also when you're, when you're sitting on a desk, you're just, you're sitting most of the time, you know, behind a desk. So 20 minutes a day is all you need. 20 minutes a day before you start your work day, pay about that time to move your body in some way. Whether that be a walk, a run, a skipping, yoga, swimming, whatever. That move body dance yeah but like really sweat it out because when you sweat you're actually releasing all these endorphins inside of your body that give you a natural way to wake up yeah before you before you've done anything before you've even gone into work you're actually feeling good so do some form of workout for 20 minutes before you get to work the other thing i would suggest is this is how i got into meditation because it was the easiest Go into YouTube, type in guided meditation. Yeah. That's it. Click on the one that you feel called to. There's no instruction here. You are the expert. Just follow your whatever gut feeling or this one. Yeah. Put in headphones and just sit and listen to it. It'll It's a visualization. It'll bring in breathing. It'll bring in things. I started to do that when I used to work in advertising, when I was highly stressed and it literally changed the game for me. Like, I did it once I started, I couldn't stop because I was like, wow, I'm not reacting anymore. There's mm-hmm. a gap between the stimulus and my response. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not just like, it's like something is coming my way and I'm like, oh, and there's like a slower response because I'm able to really see it rather than just react to it. Yeah. And that was really helpful in, in a high stress environment. Yeah. So guided meditation, even if you do 10 minutes of meditation, it's helpful. It's yeah. really helpful. So we're adding 20 minutes of a run, 10 minutes of a meditation. That's 30 minutes out of your 24 hours you're dedicating. Yes, That's yeah. adding to the umbrella. Yeah. Now the umbrella is not just I've done it one day, have the umbrella. It's consistency over time. Yeah. Even three days a week, start off with. Give yourself an easy target. Don't say I have to do five days a week. Yeah. Just do three days a week. Notice how you feel those three days. If you feel really good those three days, the other days you feel okay, automatically you'll want to do it. Yeah, but meditation is like going to the gym and lifting weights with each thing that you lift you're not going to see the muscle right away it'll take time so yeah. you, you are you are preparing your brain you're actually creating a lot of gray matter in your brain that's allowing for that spaciousness in your thoughts yeah. which then influences your anxiety levels which influences your thoughts during the day which direction your thoughts are going to so just take out that time and build up to a practice that feels good yeah. Because it will start to feel good, but it won't feel good at the beginning. It's going to feel maybe like a bit like, I'm not sure if I want to do this. You'll find reasons not to do it. All part of the game, yeah. all part of the game, but keep going consistency. You know, it takes 66 days to build a habit. So you want to give yourself this time. And what I would actually suggest to employ employers is done, do a 66 day meditation challenge with your team. Right. Like 66 days, guys, we're going to meditate 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day. We're all yeah. going to meditate. Yeah. have a chart in your office yeah. every time you come in you give yourself a golden star you're like i meditated today yeah. so you know give yourself like out of 66 days they have to meditate whatever these many days so I'm doing this starting yeah things like that <laughs> because my, my first thought was if i tell my, my you know everyone to do this 
they'd be like, oh, I have to wake up in the morning and change and get my dabba ready and okay, fine. Normal. I'll do it for you. Okay. You know, I'll make it happen. Normal. Yeah. You know, it'll be, it'll be fun. You can have a jar of excuses as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> we'll come up with anything. The bai was late today. Car got thing. Too much traffic. I woke up and I slept late last night. I watched a movie or whatever. Whatever. Bakwas. No. <laughs> it's like, it's good, good, it's normal. You're building a new habit. It, any new habit is a skill will have a little bit of challenge to it. It's normal. Like learning a new language, playing guitar takes time. The third thing, which is a very practical thing that you can do on your day-to-day basis is called box breathing, which basically means you close your eyes. If you can, in that moment, close your eyes, take a deep breath in for four counts, hold that breath in for four counts and exhale for four counts. That's it. And you do this four times. Just do it four times. Notice how it feels. Then do it eight times. Then do it 12 times. Basically, you want to get yourself into the habit of knowing that every time I start to feel agitated or someone is seeing something and it's like angering me or I'm feeling this feeling, you just stop and you just do the four, four, four breath. That's it. And just that's the recenter. Recenter, reset. Okay. And it really makes a difference. Not only are you getting in tune with yourself, but you're actually um, reducing the amount of cortisol in your body because you're breathing. And when you're breathing slowly, the message that your nervous system gets is, I'm safe. I'm not in threat. I don't have to try and run. Everything is okay. And that is the place you want to operate out of when you're working. <laughs> not like yeah, that is amazing. That is such a nice sort of calm. And that's when you can make decisions better. That's when you'll make lesser mistakes. Now, I just wanted to add over here that, you know, me and Sanya have talked about a lot of things that you can do as a person to have this mental well-being. But by no way, both of us are saying that if you are in a toxic environment or you are in a place where you don't feel like you're being supported or it's not a positive environment, you don't have to put yourself through that and try and do all of this. If you want to, then you can. But if you feel like exiting that place is the right thing for you, then please do that. This podcast or this conversation is not about... Uh, going through like the worst situation and you know doing everything you can to fix it no sometimes it's not something that you can do and if you feel like this place that you're in of work is not fitting with where you want to be or how you feel that's also okay to exit it at any time and that's a good that that is the best reason to actually leave a job I think if you don't feel um, you know safe and you don't feel like you're being hurt you don't feel secure you don't feel like you're you're able to to be productive because of the way you have been treated or, you know, how anxious you feel when you walk into that door. So, um, yeah, that's what I wanted to conclude. And if you're feeling that, what I would really invite you to do is to speak to some people outside of your work, your close friends and family about what you're going through and get some feedback from them. Because often when we're in the situation, we're too close to, to really see the toxicity. So when you speak to people who aren't in that world and you're like, oh, so I'm noticing this, they're able to detect those flags and be like, hey, that doesn't sound healthy or no, that sounds, no, it sounds like maybe like it's something, it's personal. So speak to maybe at least three people about it and get that feedback because you're going to know deep down whether that place is right for you, but sometimes that judgment is clouded. And so that's why speaking to other people is also helpful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I, and you know, there's no shame. I, I think first of all, we need to deal with the shame that comes in with all of this. We're all coming from 
you know, we all come from a culture where talking about mental wellness, talking about how you feel, talking about feelings is not something that we're very open to from a very young age. But I think it's time to sort of break that and be okay with it. Normalize talking about mental wellness, normalize talking about toxic work culture, normalize, you know, going and speaking to your boss about, hey, I'm not feeling right about certain things that are happening, accepting that you are not okay with certain things, whether it's personally, whether it's at work, whether it's just about what's happening in the world. Like I know people who get anxious about, you know, a war happening somewhere, or not Bombay not getting enough rains has made them feel, you know, I woke up last week and I felt like, yeah, we've not had a lot of rains this year. And for someone, it may not even like be of concern, right? But you need to look into yourself, you need to accept that this is who you are, this is how you feel. And also employers now, I mean, if you're not doing anything about your employees' mental well-being, you're way behind when it comes to being able to attract the right kind of uh, people if you're asking your question if the question that you ask yourself every day is why am i not able to attract the right kind of talent then i think you need to look into all these aspects as well and do, what am i doing you know to make this place uh, a place where somebody wants to actually come and grow and thrive and feels like they're safe and you know not to say that i, I still make mistakes right Sani? i mean you, you mentioned how i'm very um aware of what's happening and my one of my focus points with my staff with my team is to make sure that they are well they are feeling good about their job but i also make mistakes with different personalities with different oh, people yeah, yeah. yeah it's a work in progress yeah. this is like even we have challenges are moving forward yeah yeah and people's yeah. sensitivity is also on a very different scale right someone may not be so sensitive if you come you just walk in and you yell at them and someone may just be like you know, like have a panic attack, like going through that can just make them really anxious. So you need to also see what's happening and people need to be treated differently at work. And you know, when you're a startup or you're a small business, wow, how lucky are you that you can do that? You can interact with everyone. So don't lock yourself in a cabin away from the rest of your team and just give instructions, you know, through your manager, be part of that, be understand what your team is going through, help them through it, you know, come up with like small things you can do. And Sanya, very quickly before you go, if you want to just talk about the well-being um, course that you have that you do online that you mentioned to us, do you want to take us through that very quickly? So if anyone's interested, then they can they know more about it as well. Absolutely. So there's two sort of ways that um, uh, we can we can work together if if our conversation has inspired people that are listening. But basically, the first is um, if you wanted to get somebody in your in your workplace itself to run something in person, which allows them to get a taste of what it's like to take your well-being into consideration. And this is something that I work with in partnership with you, with the person that is has asked me to come in so that we are, um, you know, we are basically meeting the needs of what the employees require. So when I worked with Lislin, where we sent out a survey to find out what people are really struggling with so that the topics that we covered um, they were targeting what people were going through. So that's one way is to actually do like a day or a session in person, which allows people to get a taste of this work. And the second way is for the employees of your workplace to be able to book one-on-one sessions with me about the things that they're going through. And this is done all online. So this allows, um, basically what this allows you to do from like a business perspective is to have a well-being practitioner or a coach attached to your business, yeah. which means when you're hiring 
inspiring people as well. You say that we take well-being, we take well-being pretty seriously here. We care about this. We have our own coach and counselor that we have on board that provides these services to people as and when they need them. And we do these uh, retreats or we do these uh, getaways, these well-being uh, days with our team every quarter, every year, whatever it is that we're able to do. And so for that person, they are coming into a really safe environment to begin with. They're like, wow, this is really great. And the other thing I want to mention is actually for if you are an entrepreneur, you're a, a business owner yourself, and you're like, okay, I want to first pay attention to my well-being before I introduce this. This is definitely something that we can talk about as well. Um, Liz will just put my details underneath in the um, in the section for you to book in a call with me if you want to have a call and just have a chat to find out where things are at and we can go from there. But that's the best way I would say. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Sanya. By the way, We've done one with Sanya and it really, I mean, I, I know that the feedback from the whole team was really good, but for me, it changed the way I look at a lot of things in terms of managing my team. A lot of people always ask me, you know, Liz, you do so much. How do you manage it? And the truth is that, you know, all of these little things like the meditation that I do and just being completely aware has really, really helped me align everything that I want to do in my head and everything gets done. I have a lot of time for people who wonder, I, I can do a lot more stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? You can do a lot more stuff when you are, when you are looking after yourself. That's really interesting yeah. because like you think that by meditating for half an hour, it's going to eat into your time to do work. Yeah. You'll actually get more work done yeah. in a, because you're present. You're more there. You're more focused. percent. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Sanya. I'm going to wrap this up now. Hopefully everyone that was listening in gets to take something from you. And yes, we will put down your details if anyone wants to get in touch with you. But even otherwise, if anyone wants to get in touch with us for anything, you know where to get us. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.